Folks, it's going to be a tough one, obviously, until we get the next game on Friday night, and I really don't feel like anything different is going to happen. It would not shock me if the 76ers get another lead and end up blowing it again for the third straight game. I, I just, unless Doc Rivers plans on doing something different, um, I just feel like it's going to be the same old song and dance. But we'll see. We'll see. But tonight, we got ourselves... A pretty interesting game on the other side of things as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And that line is really intriguing where it opened to where it is right now. Of course, we touched on a little earlier up from three and a half to six and a half a favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. But, uh, you know, I, it's a tough one from the gambling perspective. I feel like Brooklyn's going to go in there and get that victory. So ultimately, I guess I'll take the points. But nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Everybody wants to hear what the man, the myth, the legend himself, he's back. The great Tim O'Keefe, TKO underscore picks. It's time to ring the bell. We do it every Thursday with Timmy, and he's joining us right now. And the Dr. Glatt, regret your hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt is Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Check him out online, drglatt.com. Tim O'Keefe, good to have you, man. How you been? Sean, doing pretty good. Obviously, I was out last week, and, you know, like last Thursday, I, I weirdly around, you know, like our, our 4.30, 5 o'clock, I started getting this itch, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Hmm. I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be on with Sean right now, and it just felt wrong. That is so, great. So uh, I am glad to be back. Well, that's what I like to hear, man. Well, look, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope you were able to get away for a little bit, but good to have you back. And, of course, let's pick up right where I was just discussing with the 76ers, Tim. You saw it last night. Nothing new. Same old song and dance. So wide open to you. If you wanted to place blame on somebody for blowing a 26-point lead, where do you start? For me, the 26-point lead part, it's Doc. And, again, like, Doc, I, he's, he's a better coach than Brett Brown. I want to emphasize that he is better than Brett Brown, at least from what I've seen so far this year. But he's just made some such blunderous errors that I've seen. Obviously, I'm going to go back. The 26-point lead last night, a disaster. But the one that's still stuck in my stomach is game one when he, he's leaving Danny Green on Trey Young the whole game. And you have Matisse was doing a great job on him in that game when, whenever he was uh, spelling Danny Green. And it just made zero sense to me. And obviously, now going back to last night, 26-point lead, obviously Simmons a disaster. Tobias didn't show up. So I can look at individual players. But when it's that big a lead, for, for me, it's the coach. And I'm not giving a, a pass to those players either. Like Everyone else needed to show up. The only people that showed up throughout the game were Curry and Embiid. And Embiid didn't play well in the fourth either. He kind of let that one slip. But it's Doc for me. That's where it's starting. Yeah, I almost felt like when I was watching, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm all about riding the hot hand in the dice game, but I, it's like, man, we're just going to Curry way too much. He ends up with 36 points, 13 of 19 shooting, 7 of 12 from downtown. Fantastic night for Seth Curry. It just felt like forced and not to say that like hey you want to trade buckets with the team when you're up by 20 that's a good thing but I just felt like we were going to that well a little bit too much and maybe that might have been the case down the stretch again that's coaching I I can't get away from placing blame squarely on Doc's shoulders Uh, when you have a 20 plus point lead you got to get you got to fire up the troops you got to call the timeouts at the right time you can't be putting this you know three new man rotation there all season long I feel like we've had a right approach. Like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid are constantly out on the floor, you know, and 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 that kind of keeps things steady. But 
for some odd reason, in last night's game, decided to pull both of those guys. I know Shake and Dwight was in there. I know there were some other players as well. And at that point in time, all of a sudden, the lead slipped. I want to give the credit to the bench squad because they did well in the first half. But again, kind of like going to Seth Curry all those times, eventually it's going to run out. Your luck is going to run out. And I think that's what happened with the subs. Again, that's squarely on Doc. Ben Simmons, to me right now, is poison, though, Tim. He's poison. Yep. And I feel like he let the air out of the building last night. He let the air out of his team. I'm not taking any, like, I'm not, you know, placing, or I'm not uh, alleviating uh, Tobias Harris of, of the blame because he wasn't aggressive because of Ben Simmons. No, I'm not saying that. But I just feel like when Ben Simmons gets fouled, he steps up, misses two free throws. When he's cowering from the basketball. When he's not moving, he's not playing defense. Why is he on the floor? That's on Doc Rivers. He's got to pull Ben Simmons. I truly do believe. I truly do believe. And anybody can say whatever they want. I don't care. I truly do believe that if he pulled Ben Simmons in that fourth quarter yesterday, the Sixers are winning the game. I I can't even really necessarily argue with you, Sean. It it kills me because I was... I, and I, I don't know what I am anymore. I was a Ben Simmons defender. Like I was trying to see. Like I looked at the, what he did well, and I was all on it. And then I don't know why that the breaking point for me might have been last night, where it's just he just didn't. He was hurting us. They, Atlanta was using him as a weapon against us, and I'm scared. Like obviously, if this season doesn't go well, and we can't come back from this, then he's probably going elsewhere in the off season. I'm scared. I'm going to have another jersey in the jersey graveyard, and it'll be <laughs> Simmons, Julia Okafor, and Michael Carter Williams sitting up in my closet, never to be seen again. Oof. Yeah, well, you know, our good friend Nick McCone is tweeting out a little earlier today. Can you really withstand another 20-point lead meltdown in the NBA Finals? He's essentially saying, uh, call the season already. We can't take it anymore. But, hey, look, they got a, they got a game on Friday. Are they winning on Friday? Honestly, like my, it's weird. <laughs> my gut is I think they do. I do, too. I think they do. Yeah, I do, too. I, it hurts me. It hurts me to say because it's like we just saw these last two games, but I don't think this team loses to Atlanta three straight times. That's where I'm kind of getting that in my head. I think they wake up and get the win. Well, they had major leads in both of those games. It's just, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think they're going to be attacking and it's going to be an urgency, sense of urgency all game long. Get this back in seven. And, you know, look, anything's possible at that point in time, but, um, We'll see. I, if, hey, if, if you're out there going, yeah, I'm glad you do believe that because I'm going to take the Atlanta Hawks plus the three at home, good for you. Good for you. You know what? I would even tell you to, to take the live line, too, at halftime when the Hawks are down by 11. Go ahead and take them then. That's probably going to pay it a little more better. All right, with that being said, of course, we'll rant and rave tomorrow all day about game uh, six between the Hawks and the Sixers. But tonight, speaking of game six, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, Nets, at home, had a monster performance, 48 minutes, all played by Kevin Durant, 49 points, 15-plus boards, 10-plus assists. First time ever in an NBA playoff game done by a player. So much histor- history rolled into one performance by Kevin Durant. A, do you see him duplicating that performance? And B, what the hell is going on? Why are the Brooklyn Nets catching six tonight? Yeah, Sean, so I think those two questions are related where – Obviously, Tuesday night, Durant. I'm not a big Durant guy. I think he's a little bit of an odd guy with the burner accounts and all that stuff. Just not my personal favorite. But when when you're watching greatness like that, like that was that's arguably the best playoff performance I've seen in my lifetime. I was going back and forth with a couple buddies, and it's like that's right there. There's one or two other cases that you might be able to fight for, but that's absolutely right there. And he was absolutely incredible. But therefore, I don't think it's fair to expect him to be able to do that 
again coming up tonight. Like it's he could be great still. Like he could still easily drop forty and just but doing all the things he did, I don't think that's fair to expect. And I think that leads into your second question. Well, wait, why are they catching six? Because one, I think you can't expect that from KD. And two, there's a couple other outliers there where we know Kyrie is out. James Harden did not look like James Harden really at all in game five. I think only like five points or so. He was putting up shots, so at least he's trying. But it's I'm not expecting a big game out of him. And then the biggest outlier for me as I was looking at that box score, it wasn't even KD with an all-time great game. It was Jeff Green scoring 27 points, going seven of eight from the three from three-point land. Like that to me, that's not going to hold up. We all know that. I I almost believe in KD outperforming himself than the odds of Jeff Green doing that again. So that's why I think this is all leading into Brooklyn with with 1.5 of their big three. I don't think they're able to compete with Milwaukee. Ooh. And I'm buying in. I am buying into the Bucks tonight at home because when I looked at the Bucks box score and what they were doing the other night, nothing was really that out of character for them. Like they had good performances by Giannis, Middleton. And they were doing solid stuff, but it was nothing outrageous where the Nets had really two outliers that were just that carried them to victory. KD put them on his back. But that's why I think I'm ready to lay the six with the Bucks. I think they're going to wake up tonight and force that game seven pretty easily. Wow. Okay. Upset city, baby. But that's what we like here. We got two yeah. different v- viewpoints. I just feel like six is a couple points too many. But welcome to it the is NBA. A lot. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA playoffs. You know. And yep. um, But I like your uh, your thought process, though. I mean, there is a lot of good reason uh, behind what you're saying. So, hey, look, it's going to be a good game. Every game's been good except for those first. Too, uh, but these last couple games have been pretty good, even though they've been beat up. Uh, so hopefully we get a little more of that. I mean, I'll take another performance like we had in Game Five. That was a ton of fun. So we'll see. Yeah. As far as player prop potential, since you like the Milwaukee Bucks, um, where are you going? What, what's your thoughts on a player or two that you think is going to have a big time performance tonight? Yeah. So I think the big question here, if you're looking at the Bucks, like for their, for their player props, it would be. Who's going to get that Harden matchup? Because I think Harden's obviously 50% of himself, and we know he's not the best defensive guy anyway. And I believe, look at the matchups. Like Middleton had that big game last game. I think he put up 25 points and was looking solid. So I might be looking at him, and I might be looking at Drew Holiday. Giannis, I think Giannis is going to get a decent amount of attention. So I might be looking at some over, some player prop overs on Middleton and Drew Holiday. I think those two are going to be the key to Milwaukee really driving home that victory. And that's why I think they're the guys that I'm going to be eyeing up personally. But I also will say I am really curious to hear what Kenny has to say coming up after this because Kenny's Kenny's the prop god. So I'm just going to fall, nah. I'm going to <laughs> listen to him. The prop god, I like that. Yeah, Kenny's going to join me in studio for the five o'clock hour. Looking forward to hearing his thoughts. All right, uh, let's get on over. Well, tonight. Night's game, once again, of Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. I believe 8.40 start time. DraftKings Sportsbook, six-point favorites. 2.20 is your total there. Moneyline, Brooklyn Nets, plus 180. Minus 2.25 on the flip side for Milwaukee Bucks. The player props that we just discussed a little bit there. A couple more. Uh, Durant is at 36.5. Green is at 13.5. Blake Griffin is at 10.5. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brooke Lopez at 13 and a half. Giannis at 33 and a half. Chris Middleton at 24 and a half. And James Harden, 15 and a half is his player prop minus 139. I mean, he got the shots off. Harden might be, a, might be a good play today. No, he certainly could. Like, again, it's, it's that injury question, right? Like, it's how much are you going to, if he gets back to being 75%, then absolutely that's a good play. This is where we get to play doctor a little bit. And that's, that's the tough part for me. I don't know what we're going to get, but you're right. I'm not going to, 
if you made me call it right now, I would go with the over on Harden props probably more than the unders. All right. Well, we're talking to Tim O'Keefe, TKO underscore picks. Make sure you read him at phillyunster.com. Follow him at TKO underscore picks. Okay. Let's switch gears, and now let's get over to the diamond. And before we dive into today's action, 10 games, we had one day game, I believe, one early game. We'll give, we'll give you the update as far as the uh, scoreboard is concerned, but only 10 games total on the MLB card. Before we dive into some games that you like, you got me three of them. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on all of them. I want to hear your thoughts on everything that's happening right now with Spider Tack, Major League Baseball. Of course, you know, my heart goes out to Tyler Glass now from the Tampa Bay Rays, but uh, at the end of the day, cheating's cheating. Um, that's the way I look at it. And uh, I think you give him a week off to relax. He's not going to say the sort of things that he said yesterday. He was a little too, a little too cavalier, a little too uh, wide open. I liked it, but all in all, He's admitting he's cheating. You know, whether yep. you use suntan lotion, rosin, or, you know, a mixture, it's it's putting a foreign substance on the baseball, and you can't do that. And MLB is coming down, cracking down. I think there's two reasons why they're cracking down, Tim O'Keefe. Number one, obviously the numbers. We've seen them drastically take a, take a deep dive as far as uh, batting average are concerned, as far as home runs are concerned, as far as no hitters are concerned. So there's proof right there. And then B, I don't know if I said one, but we'll go two or B here. Um, I, I do think that Major League Baseball did their due diligence, went around locker rooms, went around clubhouses, and I think the, the, the foreign substances were plentiful. Let's put it that way. Whether it's spider tack or not, bottom line is I think they've seen enough and said, you know what, we got to do something now or else this could really end up being bad if we just don't blow this whole thing up right now. That's why they enforced the rule. 10-game suspension for anybody caught. Oh, by the way, you'll still be paid, and I believe it starts on June 21st. All that, though, what's your read on everything that's happening with Major League Baseball and Spider Tech? Yeah, Sean, so it is a, it's a really good question slash dilemma. Because I, while I, I'm with you, the glass now is like coming out and saying, like, almighty and righteous, like, hey, you, can't, you guys shouldn't be allowed to switch this on us midseason. Well, technically the rulebook says they didn't. It's just now they're going to be more actively enforcing it. So I, from that perspective, you know, he's trying to force, like, hey, they caused this injury. And it could it potentially have been a little bit, yeah, it it's probably is related to the fact that he stopped using stuff. I get that, but he shouldn't have been using it in the first place. Where I will say that the, the other argument on that is I do think baseball's known that different substances have been getting being used for years. Like, I think we saw Trevor Bauer come out and there's some Twitter comments. Pseudo also pretty much admitting that he's been using it, saying, Hey, guys have been coming up in the minor leagues, and they're learning about this stuff from the clubs themselves. And that's where they're getting a lot of this, and as they come up through the minor leagues. And I do think baseball's known about this for a long time. I do. I think, I think if you ask Manfred back in 2016, hey, how many, what percent of pitchers are using something on the ball, that number, I, from what I hear now, it's about 75%. That number then, he probably, maybe it was on speculation here, 40 to 50, and now it's just increased. So I think they knew it was a problem. It's just now it became intolerable where the no-hitter thing, like baseball, like a no-hitter is a, 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 I'm going to use the word sacred. It's kind of like, hey, I got, I saw a no-hitter line. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. And now this year with six of them, it's, it's losing that meaning. And baseball is all about stats. We know that. And some say that's what they love about baseball. Some say that's what they hate about baseball because it's too ingrained in those like all-time stats. But that no-hitter sacredness now being lost and his batting average is going down. Everyone's a home run or a strikeout. I, baseball is trying to fix the game midseason. Is it, is it perfect? No, I wish they had done this before the season and found a way to get over it. But 
We didn't have, they're getting new information. They're making the adjustment. I think they're doing the right thing. Do I think it could have been handled differently and better? Yes, but I think they're doing the best with what they can right now. All right. Tim O'Keefe, TKO underscore picks. If you like what he's saying, be sure to follow him. Read him at com. Let's get on over to the card, though. A couple games that have your interest. Uh, all coming up later. We got a 7-10 start, 8-40 start, and a 9-38 start. So let's fire up that DraftKings Sportsbook app and take a peek at some of these games that you like. First of all, let's start with the Cardinals and Braves. Very interesting game. Of course, for the NL East perspective here with the Phillies. Tonight, we got Morton, Charlie Morton, taking on John Gant. This game is going down in Atlanta. I hate Atlanta sports right now. Uh, minus 210, which is way too expensive, plus 175 for the Cardinals. Nine's your total there on the run line. Maybe you might be intrigued on that one. Minus one and a half for the Braves at plus 102, plus one and a half at minus 120 for the Cardinals. Tim O'Keefe, what are you looking at? Yeah, Sean, so now, now you just reminded me, like, I, I, I hate my picks. I also hate Atlanta sports right now, but I didn't put two and two together. But uh, as I line this up, I do think the Braves are one of those teams that so far have been disappointing throughout the whole season, really, to this point. But I do believe they're one of the ones that will turn around and find a way to be in contention when we're talking September for the division title. Uh, and then potentially in the postseason, they could be scary as well. They're lacking in pitching. But their offense has finally started to wake up a little bit. Their last three games, I believe their runs were six, eight, and eight. Specifically, the last two, the last two nights they've scored eight runs against Boston twice. Unfortunately, they let up ten runs in both games too, with back-to-back ten-eight losses. But the offense for them has been getting going. Tonight they face off against the Cardinals, and they're facing off a guy named John Gant, who's pitching for the Cardinals. And Gant, as I was looking at him, like he is just such an anomaly right now. He's four and four, which baseball pitching records don't really matter, but. His ERA is a 3.36, which is like, okay, that's a pretty solid ERA. And that's not bad. It's fine. His whip, though, is at 1.65, which is extremely high. It means he's averaging letting up over a runner and a half per inning. And his strikeout-to-walk ratio, this is the one that I had to do a double check, and I checked a few sites. He has struck out exactly as many people as he's walked. So he's picked wow. like 52 innings, and he's struck out 44 and walked 44. You just, you just don't see that in today's game. That's really bad. And then he has a 3.36 ERA. He has, it has finally started catching up with him a little bit, where in his last two starts, he's now let up seven runs and five runs respectively. So that ERA was a lot lower if we just go back two weeks. And it's finally somehow, it's, it's starting to turn where he's regressing to what he should be with those other metrics. So really what I'm eyeing up here is I think this Braves offense can stay hot, and I think Gant's going to keep showing regression. So I'm personally looking at the Braves, the Braves total personally at 4.5 runs. I think they're going to go over that number. The bats stay hot. Gant's going the opposite direction. I think that's the play for tonight in this game. Bring it. TKO underscore picks. Tim O'Keefe. All right. MLB number game number two. We got the Cincinnati Reds and San Diego Padres. As I said, this is an 840 start game here. So it's going to be a little bit late for us. But uh, bottom line is these two teams are going in opposite directions uh right now first of all i want to point this out the padres new york or yeah, new york california is now 100 percent uh open so this is the first game at petco park this season that they'll be able to have 100 percent capacity uh, this is a start for a 10-game homestand for the san diego padres but listen to this the reds uh they have a 35 and 31 record they have won six straight 11 and two over their last 13 games and 13 and three 
over their last 16. They're coming off a three-game sweep over the Brew Crew in Milwaukee. And as I said, Padres going the opposite way. Uh, they're off a one-and-five road trip that included three straight losses in Colorado, one of the worst teams in baseball. I get it home much different than away. Still, though, their Rockies road record is disgusting. Um this game, though, very intriguing as far as the pitching matchups are concerned. And Musgrove is on the mound for the Padres at minus 177. Miley on the mound for the Reds at plus 150. Tim O'Keefe, your opinion, though. Yeah, Sean, so I feel like you just had my note card in front of you there. So uh, I'm just going to keep this a little closer to the vest now. But, yes, completely agree. It's We have two teams going in opposite directions. San Diego struggling. The Reds have been really hot. They're, they've surprised me. they got two of them best hitters in baseball in terms of OPS is concerned. We look at Jesse Winkler and uh, Nick Castellanos, who have been sneakily just really great hitters so far this season. They have a very solid lineup and have been very good. And, yeah, you're right. Like, the Padres are coming in here as big favorites. I think it's just people are like, man, they're due to win. And I'm not arguing that. Like, of course, there's going to be – eventually we're going to find the regression. The Reds will cool off. The Padres will get back to being a good team because that, that lineup and roster is just very well built. But I'm really buying, like, it's really good value here on the Reds. Like, uh, baseball this year has been a very streaky season where teams have hit streaks and you've made a lot of money where the books just haven't necessarily caught up. And therefore, that's kind of where I'm riding with the Reds tonight. I do like, I think you're getting very good value on the full Reds money line. What my official play, though, is going to be is I'm looking at Reds plus one. So it's an alternate run line. So you would push if they just lose by a single run, but you were still getting plus money there. Last I saw it was plus 104 money on the alternate run line. So I'm going to be taking the Reds plus one as my official play. I do think you're getting good value on the money line there as well, though, because I'm buying in that Cincinnati's going one way, San Diego's going another, and I'm going to take that value all day. All right. Bing, bang, boom. Final game for Tim O'Keefe. TKO underscore picks. Third one on the MLB card, and this is going to be a fun one because Shohei Otani is on the mound for the or the Los Angeles Angels. I did it again. Uh, minus 210 tonight. Taking on uh, Matt Manning and the Detroit Tigers. Plus 175. You can get the Tigers at. Eight and a half is your total here. Otani, always love to check out his strikeout props. Seven and a half. Your thoughts on tonight's game, though, Tim? So this is the first time I think that I've talked to you where we're talking about Shohei Otani game. We've done that plenty. The reason I like this game has nothing almost to do with Shohei Otani. I'm looking at the other side. You mentioned the name Matt Manning going for the Tigers. This is his going to be his MLB debut mm. starting. And he is the number 18 prospect right now in MLB. He's the ninth overall pick in 2016 out of high school. So it's been five years since he's been drafted. So he's still only 23, so still a young guy. And he is a, a top prospect, big pedigree. But he's been bad this year in the minors. This is his worst season in the minors. He has an ERA of north of eight in AAA right now. He did have a good start his last time out, six innings, two earned runs. But his ERA is still over eight in the minor leagues. He has not had it yet. And I feel like the Tigers, they kind of had it in their plans. Hey, he's just going to have to get one or two good starts, and we'll call him up. And he just didn't have those starts for a while. So now they got one out of him. They feel like, hey, we're just going to kind of force him up here. I think this is a mistake by Detroit. I think they're calling this guy up a little too early just before he gets in a little bit more of a groove in AAA. And I think this is going to be potentially very ugly for him. I think it's a forced move by the Tigers. I think Anaheim's going to be – or Los Angeles is going to be able to take advantage. Man, that old name just slips in there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So my favorite my, – I have two plays in this one. I like Angels over 4.5 runs, and I'm ready to lay the, the run line minus 1.5 with the Angels. I really like both of those. I think it's going to be ugly for Matt Manning. Shohei, the strike – I mean, Shohei, obviously, great player, great pitcher. 
and he'll I think he'll get his tonight, and he'll he doesn't go super deep in the game. So if I get five solid innings out of Shohei, if he, maybe he even branches into six, I'm feeling very good. But really, this is an anti-Tigers play tonight. Ooh, interesting. All right, so we like the Angels, we like the Reds plus one, we like the Braves, and we like the Bucks plus six. So that sounds like four winners to me, Tim O'Keefe. I like where your mind is at, sir. And uh, for the people out there that like what they're listening to, be sure to read com and follow him at TKO underscore picks. Good to have you back here on a Thursday afternoon, Timmy. Best of luck on all your plays. We'll connect over the weekend, sir. But as I said, good luck on your plays tonight, man. Sean, thank you. You as well. And as always, glad to be back. An absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to next Thursday already. My man. There he is. Tim O'Keefe.